This is Free Talk Live. Your show, you bring up whatever you want, toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com where all the features are completely free. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. In fact, the uh, Free Talk Live webcam is one of those features, which unfortunately is not up at the moment. So it's one of those things where it, we try to keep it up as often as we can. Sometimes the uh, the cam crashes for a few hours, and then it'll come back online. So it should be back here momentarily at cam.freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about tonight here, including probably probably one of the more disturbing stories uh, of the week, if not the year. It's the <laughs> unintended consequences of the sex offender situation. In mm-hmm. fact, this story's so good, we should start with it in case we get busy with calls and don't have a chance to get to it. Uh, Julia brought it in. She found it a couple days ago. It has to do with, uh, you know, they've created all these rules and regulations for sex offenders as far as, you know, where they can... Uh, where they can live. Right. You, a sex offender can't live within a thousand yards of a school, a church, a mailbox, a uh, barking dog, whatever it is that they you know, have said. Right. And we've talked about these stories before on the show, and we've pointed out, rightly so, um, and it's ba- this is based on evidence, we've pointed out that if you tell them that you can't live within 1,500 feet or 2,000 feet of a school zone or a park or uh, somewhere else where a, a young child might be playing – then that's going to do some that's going to push all of the sex offenders out to the same area they're all going to live in the same place because in any given city there are so many parks and so many uh kid areas where these people just these sex offenders just can't live now, now and so essentially what these articles have said in the past is that you're finding that the sex offenders might move out to like a trailer park on the outskirts of town. Sure, there's, and so it'll be like the sex offender trailer park, right? The, the, the leper colony essentially is where, yeah. they, where they're putting them. Now, I'm kind of curious: are um, do I live in a different world than the people that are making these laws, or do sex offenders walk more? Because if you're talking about 1,500 feet from my house, I, I'm not walking there. That's too far. That's yeah, a quarter mile. I mean. <laughs> I just don't think that the average American wanders within a 1,500-foot uh, radius of their house. Just, not a lot. I think I'll go out for a walk, look for some children. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, and of course, as we as we pointed out as well, that if it's a, if he's a sex offender who hasn't made his life better, who hasn't turned his, his life around, uh, then he is likely to go ahead and go for that walk. He's well, likely to get in a car and drive to the park if he lives right, on the outskirts motiv- of town. If he's motivated, he's just right. as likely to go um, to... You know, he's a sex offender, right? So he owns a big white van. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) With blacked out windows. Right. So he's just going to go to the park and open up the door and, um, you know, hang some candy out the window or something. I don't know how it is that they go about doing uh, their their dirty deeds. But I don't think that this this particular rule does anything but annoy people. Um, uh, You know, what it does do is it is it ruins the lives of the people who have tried to turn their lives around the fact is that sex offenders, so-called, and again, there's this huge convicted, variety of, convicted sex, sex offenders, of so-called right. sex offenses. We won't even get into that. But these people, um, you know, they made some mistakes. They might have had a problem uh, earlier in life, and they, uh, many of them do their best to turn their lives around, to get straight, to get a, you know, get a legitimate job and not touch kids anymore or whatever. The recidivant rate is something like 50%. Which means that, yes, 50% are li- liable to commit a crime, not necessarily sex offense, again, but the other 50% aren't. 
That means they're never going to commit another sex offense again. Right. But they're all being treated as though they are. They're all being treated as though they're going to re- uh, reoffend the next day. And now in Miami, it has gone to the point of, I mean, I would have argued before that it was pretty insane, all the rules that they had to follow. But the results of all of the rules in Miami it are, is just absolutely insane. Julia, what's going on down there? The sparkling blue waters off Miami's Julia Tuttle Causeway look as if though they were taken from a postcard. But the causeway's only inhabitants see little paradise in their surroundings. Five men, all registered sex offenders convicted of abusing children, live along the causeway because there is a housing shortage for Miami's least welcome residents. I got nowhere to go. (laughs) That quote makes me laugh. Says sex offender Renee Matamoris. Uh, who lives with his dog on the shore where Biscayne Bay meets the causeway. God. <laughs> it's awful, isn't it? It's it's strange. They're living under a bridge, Mark. I, I hear you. The I'm, sex offenders. They're you know. being told that they have to live under the bridge, I guess. The Florida Department of Corrections says there are fewer and fewer places in Miami and Dade County where sex offenders can live because the county has some of the strongest restrictions against this kind of criminal in the country. Florida's solution House the convicted criminals under a bridge that forms one part of the causeway. Very strange. I can't understand why they just don't leave the county. Well, they can't, because if you're on probation, you can't leave the county. Oh, my God. Yeah. They're trapped under the bridge. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Isn't this insane? Suddenly things, you know, like it clears up for me, okay? I mean, for a second, it's difficult for me to feel too badly for uh, convicted sex offenders. Right, and these were sex offenders who abused children. So, I mean, it's really... In this specific case? Yeah, the five that are under there, they did abuse children. So it's really difficult difficult to to feel feel sorry for them. Yes, but it's also going to be difficult for them to turn their lives around if all they're they're doing is... Under a bridge. Living under a bridge with four other guys who are also children, uh, child molesters or whatever. <laughs> this has always been so my... Got uh, my five comp- child molesters sitting together under conspiring. a bridge? Conspiring. <laughs> See, this has always been my problem with prison in general, mm. is you take a bunch of bad people and then you put them all together with a bunch of other bad people. Yeah. You treat them badly for a period of years and then you expect them to get out and be good. It's a, it's a strange uh, system that we have. I, I think that... Yeah. Uh, you know, if if nothing else, if nothing else, house the non don't house the nonviolent offenders. Don't send nonviolent offenders to prison would mm-hmm. be my first uh, thought. But don't. Um, but house the nonviolent offenders separately from the violent offenders, and then house the sex offenders separately from them. And then the uh, like, uh, I would not consider even though um, drunk drivers may kill people, I wouldn't consider them to be violent offenders. I think that it's crazy to send a dr- drunk driver to prison to uh, be housed with uh, armed robbers and murderers and that kind of thing. It it seems to me that it would be very easy, especially in Florida where there are uh, 60 counties, some counties having three and four prisons in them, Mm -hmm. that you could probably separate these people relatively easily. Well, it, now they've it would been separated. The bureaucrats do a little more work, but now not too much. Now they've been separated from everything, and they're living under a bridge. What's the rest of the story, Julia? The causeway, which links Miami to Miami Beach, offers no running water, no electricity, and little protection from nasty weather. It's not an ideal solution, the Department of Corrections <laughs> <laughs> official told CNN. But at least the state Got a knows. Flair where, for understatement. But at least the state knows where the sex offenders are. Great. Nearly every day, a state probation officer makes a pre-dawn visit to the causeway. Those visits are part of the terms of the offender's probation, which mandate that they occupy a residence from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. That's not a residence. No, it's, it's a bridge. It's a bridge. Now, does the bridge, it, there's no walls? 
No, it's a bridge. There's a picture a bridge, of the bridge, man. and it's I, really just okay, a bridge. Okay, well, I'm, I'm just wondering You've if You've seen it, hobos there, living under bridges before, quote, right? Quote-unquote housing. I mean, that... No, that, no, no. That, There's no walls. It's really just an open land it's an and overpass. a bridge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought maybe they had built something. No. <laughs> it's just a bridge. If I was living under the bridge, I would have built something there. Probably against the law. Zoning codes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. But what if a sex offender can't find a place to live? That's increasingly the case, says state officials, after several Florida cities enacted laws that prohibit convicted sex offenders from living within 2,500 feet of schools, parks, and Jeez, other places. 2,500 feet. Bruce Grant of the Florida Department of Corrections says the laws have not only kept sex offenders away from children, but forced several yeah, right. to live on the street. Yeah, Sure, that sex offenders never seen kids. Those five sex offenders living under the bridge right now, who knows how many other sex offenders that haven't been caught yet there are. What about when uh, young boys go to go fishing? <laughs> you know, they're off the bridge. <laughs> well, you're probably not allowed that... to fish off the side of the... I'm sure there's laws against that. Uh, I don't know. They People fish off bridges in, um, where I'm from in Florida. <laughs> they don't and, stay there all day. I'm sure they go and do something during the day. Yeah, they only have to be there from 10, 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. Yeah, uh, well, you know, those are the best times to fish. Yeah, that's true. Oh, Early true. in the morning. Because of those restrictions, because there are many places that children congregate, because of the 25,000 feet, that's almost half a mile. That's a pretty feet, yes. That's a pretty long way when you're talking about an urban area like Miami. So it Why is, is it that fish get up early in the morning? I mean, why is it a better time to go fishing early in the morning? That doesn't make any sense to me. My cat, he's up at 5 a.m. going around going, rah, rah, rah. Why do they Looking do for that fish. crap? I mean, uh, humans, we want to stay in bed late. Why do cats and fish and animals want to get, get up? Some things are nocturnal. 800-259-9231. There's more to the story, right? Yes. All right. You can take control of the airwaves. What do you think should happen to sex offenders? 1-800-259-9231. Is it living under a bridge? This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features completely free, including the wiki. Over 1,200 pages created by listeners just like you. You can go in and edit it at your leisure as well. Head over to wiki. Dot freetalklive.com, WIKI.freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to talk with New Hampshire natives and those who've made the move, as well as tour New Hampshire on special Free State Project bus tours or on your own, and hear and discuss the progress and the future of the Free State Project. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Miami has gone insane with its sex offender laws. In fact, the laws have been around. It's just that now we're starting to see what the results are, what the unintended consequences are of all of the laws that they have on the books. And we'll continue the story here in a few moments, but I'm going to go to the phones here because Patricia is on the line from Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello, Patricia. Okay. What I'd like to know... I don't understand. Uh, my son had um, one of them dirty books, Playboys, whatever you want to yeah, call them. Yeah, a dirty book. Yeah. Okay. Okay, a five-year-old got a hold of it and looked mm-hmm. at it, and she went to a school, little um, head start. Mm-hmm. Okay, and was talking about it at school. So they got this guy for child molestation. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and he didn't do that. It was just over that book. Yeah, it was a mistake. He left it somewhere. She picked it up. 
uh, go through the same thing that uh, child molestation people have to go through. Oh. Uh, that's not right. No, it's certainly not. And there are a lot of people that, and thank you for the call, Patricia. We appreciate it. There are a lot of people that get caught up in these these one-size-fits-all sex, so-called sex offense laws. Right. And overzealous prosecutors, prosecutors that want to pad their records with a lot of convictions, that sort of thing, they um, pick up the ball and they run with it. And, and as a result, people's lives are ruined. Can you imagine that guy trying to get a job now? Right. After getting that, he's got to every time he goes someplace, he's got to let him know where he lived, and and he's got to sign up as a child molester for something that he didn't do just because that little girl got a hold of that book. It's outrageous. I can't understand that. They shouldn't be allowed to. They shouldn't be allowed to make him do that. But they do. Patricia, thank you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You know, I've I've heard stories like this before. There's there's plenty of them out there, guys that, uh, you know, just had something bad happen that they, it's not like they molested a kid, and that's what they're basically um, getting in trouble for. Doesn't the sex offender status stay with you for life, even if you're a minor? Yeah. I don't know about about, uh, Does it happen if you're a minor? Or are maybe their charges adult? I'm not sure. I on would that. think so. I mean, it, I don't see why they wouldn't. Uh, you know, because I know normally normal crimes, you is get your record gets clean when you're 18. But I wonder about sex offenses. Crappy little crimes, um, like you know, spray painting on a wall right. or something like that. Shoplifting. But if, uh, you know, if if you're committing what they consider an adult crime, you'll be adjudicated as an adult. I don't know that there's any so if you're a, necessarily juvenile crimes that they take adults and uh, bring them down to juvenile status because. You know, it was a juvenile crime, so I don't know why they can do that with the, uh, um, you know, juveniles and make them adults, but they do. Yeah. 800-259-9231 is the packet 8.net toll free line. So just one more example of yet another person who's been caught up in this mess of a situation. And if, if uh, Patricia's son had lived in Miami when he got caught for this so-called crime and was released from uh, from jail, then he might be sitting under this bridge. With these guys, mm. which is where, where we're going back to. The story is that because of Miami's re- very restrictive sex offender laws, that sex offenders cannot live within 2,500 feet, that's almost a half a mile, 2,500 feet of any area where children may be present. That includes usually parks, definitely schools, sometimes churches, other areas where children are known to gather. Um, that essentially pushes them outside of city limits in many cases. And in this particular case, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement has decided that, well, since you guys have to live within city limits, but you can't actually live in a house, because all virtually all the houses and apartments that are here are within 2,500 feet of a uh, children area, then we're just going to put you under this bridge. And with that, we'll continue the story here, Julia. For several of the f- offenders, the causeway is their second experience at homelessness. Some of them lived for months in a lot near downtown Miami until officials learned that the lot bordered a center for sexually abused children. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With nowhere to put these men, the Department of Corrections moved them under the causeway. With a roar of cars passing overhead, convicted sex Can offender... Can you imagine? No. <laughs> I just can't. I, I, I don't even know I, what to think t- about this. When she mentioned this story to me a couple nights ago, I asked her if it was parody. Or uh, some satire <laughs> website. It was dead. I found it on my Google homepage. It was on a main news site. Yeah. You know, um, usually you can take probation and transfer it to someplace else. Now, I imagine these guys aren't particularly wealthy, and they don't have any place else to go specifically. They don't have an address in another county where they can say, I'm going to live here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, 
I would I would imagine a lot of sex offenders have just moved out of Miami as a result. I know I would. Yeah. Now, wh- which I you, guess is what Miami wants. You mentioned it's a major news source. Is it the Miami Herald uh, that's doing this? Do you know? Yes, it is. Okay. With the roar of cars passing overhead, convicted sex offender Kevin Morales sleeps in a chair to keep the rats off him. <laughs> I'm laughing, but it's really not funny yeah. at all. He sleeps so in a sad. chair to keep the rats off of him. It's sick. Yes. Yeah. The rodents come up next to you. You could be sleeping the whole night, and they could be nibbling on you. Oh, my God. Morales. It's <laughs> a very, very bad thing. It's awful. <laughs> Morales has been homeless and living under the causeway for about three weeks. He works, has a car, and had rented apartment but was forced to move after the Department of Corrections said a swimming pool in his building put him too close to children. Oh, God. So that's the problem with that generalization, that you can't be anywhere near children, because technically children could be everywhere. They could be anywhere. So now they can just name places. You're by a gas station. Well, children right, go so there. Right, so there's not actually... You're, so what you're saying is in Miami, it's completely arbitrary. Yeah, they it's just... It's based on proximity of children. You just... There's not any particular locations. Yeah. There, I mean, yes, they're going to include parks. They're going to include schools. But also... You got a swimming pool in your apartment building? Get out of there. Yeah, and if you don't like it, well, we'll violate your probation and send you back to prison. Right. I guess he should be feeling lucky that he didn't get a VOP for living in that apartment, and now he's under the bridge. Is it, it better to be under a bridge? Than right, well, isn't this being... the guy that says that he, he'd rather be back in prison? Yes. Well, it, it may be better to be under, um, it may be better to be in prison than uh, under this bridge. I'm not 100% sure of that. I, I would disagree. But um, it's not better to have two convictions instead of one. The convicted felons may not be locked up anymore, but they say it's not much of an improvement. Jail is any time better than this, than a life that I'm living now, Morales says. In jail, I can sleep better. I get fed three times a day. I can shower any time that I want to. Morales says that harsher laws and living conditions for... I mean, you can't actually lay down in jail. You can't lay down under the bridge. Hard mattress, but... uh... At least you've got somewhere to lay down. I, you know, I don't. I don't the think, rats aren't going to be nibbling I don't think I you. go for this particular argument. I mean, I said many times while in jail, I'd trade the, I'd trade what I've got here for under a bridge really? any old day. Yeah. Okay. All right. Morales says that the harsher laws and living conditions for sex offenders may have unintended consequences. They're the tougher they're making these laws. The tougher they're making these laws, unfortunately, it's scaring sex offenders, and they're saying, you know what? The best thing for me to do is run. Mm. An investigation two years ago found that 1,800 sex offenders in Florida were unaccounted for after violating probation. Florida can blame them. Yeah. I mean, having to jump through all those hoops, not even being able to uh, get your your life started again, and then ending up under a bridge in Miami, 800-259-9231. That is brutal. More on the way. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Bring up anything. That's 1-800-259-9231. That is the packet 8.net toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. Updates included. Get signed up for them. Head over to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. It's free, of course. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Com. Talking about sex offenders down in Miami, apparently things have gone so insane with their laws uh, that the sex offenders that have gotten out of jail and are on probation, they can't leave the area due to the probation. 
but they also can't live in the area due to the sex offender laws that prohibit them from living within 2,500 feet of an area where children are t- tend to be present. And so as a result, there have been five sex offenders that have been pushed out, and they're now living under a bridge. This isn't by their choice. It's the choice of the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. These guys are five of them. Five child molesters living under a bridge. Now, look, I understand what they did was wrong. It was terrible. But they went to jail. They served time for it. They should be able to... to uh, to work on getting their lives back together. Right. Do you what? Do you really want to create a uh, sex offending monster that we're going to have to lock up for the, the, till the end of time after he commits some other heinous crime, or do you want to give the guy a chance to reassimilate into society? Because if that's what you want, we should have just shot him when we got him, which would be horrible as well. Right. That's not the appropriate. No, response. I'm just saying. Right. Uh, let's go to the phones and talk to Mike in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello, Mike. Hi, Ian. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, I was thinking about them living under the bridge. Wouldn't there be children in the cars driving by? <laughs> yeah. I think uh, away out of town. I think the idea is children loitering and children hanging around somewhere. But I, I get your point. Yeah, I know. I, I, we have a similar law up here in, uh, in Wisconsin, in uh, Green Bay. And I don't know. I'm a father. I'm not a sex offender. I've never been charged with anything. But it, it, I go up to the registry. I look at There's so many people up there. And, it, and it's it's frightening, and you realize half these people on there shouldn't even be there in the first place. Yeah, a lot of them are there for, in many cases, sex offenses can be considered peeing behind a tree in a public park. You know, you got to go to the bathroom. There's no bathrooms around. You go take a pee somewhere near uh, near off of the beaten path. Someone happens to spot you. They call the cops. Now you're a sex offender. Uh, there's also, of course, the standard case of an 18-year-old guy having sex with his 17-year-old girlfriend. She gets uh, upset about it. Tells mom and dad. Mom and dad go to the police. Now you've got another sex offender. I mean, there's a gal just called in whose uh, son uh, apparently left his uh, dirty magazine around and. Uh, I, I would assume a stepdaughter or something yeah. like that um, picked it up and talked about it at school, and, and they got him for that. These these aren't sex offenders. These are people that you know made a few mistakes, people that had uh, consensual sex with others, and they don't deserve to be on these lists, but they are. There they are, listed right along with child molesters, as though it's the same thing. And i, I got to compliment you guys for at least saying something, because most people that you try and side with sex offenders, they'll just... Uh, Assume you support people raping children, and that's obviously ridiculous, but keep up the the show, guys. I love your show. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. I mean, nobody can support child rape. That's outrageous. It's a violation of of your personal freedom. Uh, it's It's a violation of your person, and people should be punished for doing terrible things like that. But should they be punished for the rest of their lives? I don't think so. I don't. I think it's counterproductive, and that's really where I'm coming from on it. Is I don't feel any sympathy really for um, a sex of, a sex offender who does something terrible to a child or right. rapes somebody or something like that, getting a whole bunch of time. But when he gets out, let him out. Don't booby trap him. Don't don't uh, trip him up every opportunity you get and make it that much harder for him to reassimilate, because all you're doing is you're preparing to get the next person raped. Because, you know, they've got nothing left. 
Right, and this gentleman that they were talking uh, that that was quoted in this article had a job, a car, and an apartment. So uh, it seems to me that he was turning his life around. Certainly on the right track. Yeah, now he's talking about how <coughs> being in jail is better than living under the bridge. So maybe he'll do something bad so he can get back into jail. Sure, if he gets- reoffend. VOP. Yep, might as well. Not he, very hard. Get you know, three hot meals a day. I I have I most of the uh you know my, my time in in prison uh, most of the people that I talked to would do anything to get out, but sure. I did talk to one man who said that he'd been who had been in prison for almost fifty years, who said oh, that man. if they let him out, the first thing he'd do, was go get a gun and rob. He said he said he was going to uh, rob a uh, post office in the District of Columbia for one stamp. So that he would go to federal prison, but um, ah. you know, he was going to go back to prison. Was his uh, whole because that's all he knew. Fifty years, dude. Wow. Let's go to the phones. It's Greg in Missouri. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Greg. Good evening. Hey, what's on your mind, sir? Oh, I just wanted to make a couple of comments about uh, the prison and uh, society. Yes. Uh, all right. First, I see it as anything any part of the system does is to. to destabilize society or make money or both i don't understand what you're saying what well the system anything the system does is to make money or destabilize the society you mean the government system i guess now now what does um government have what is its purpose in destabilizing society what? To create anarchy. You think the government wants to create anarchy? Of course or they're it just does. Stupid? It, yeah, of sure, course they, it does. Uh, that's what the Patriot Act and all that crap's about. Hmm. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. No, that's you all right. You say crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I, I actually agree. The government has an interest in, it's kind of a perverse incentive in there being chaos. The government wants there to be violence. The government wants there to be uh, terrible things going on in, uh, in its country so it can be seen as the savior. So, it right. can, uh, so its police can be seen as heroes. Right. Now, my second point, uh, the prisons. The prison is a business. The prison system is a business. And like any other business, you need repeat customers to survive. And it is designed to create repeat customers, like the, the 50-year guy. Yeah. Uh, they know psychologically that if you keep, well, X percent of the people that you lock up for four or five years aren't going to want out when they get out. Well, I don't know about that. They don't want to deal with the landlord beating on the door and... Uh, I think there may be a small percentage of people that might think that way, but, uh, Mark, you were in prison for... Okay, all I'm getting at is they know there's a certain percentage that think that way. Mm -hmm. I see. So repeat customers, right. Right, and the system is designed to create new customers on the outside and create repeat customers on the inside. Sure, and with laws uh, easy to offend against laws like marijuana possession, various different drug possession, prostitution, that sort of thing, there's a wide, uh, a a huge amount of potential customers out there just waiting uh, for their turn in a prison cell. And you know what? I think you're making some brilliant points here because the fact is the United States has more people in prison per capita than China does by a huge margin, uh, more than any other developed nation. I believe that 2001, somewhere around there, uh, we reached a point to where 50% of the American population has been or is in prison. 
Man, I don't know about that. Sounds that sounds like that a really... There's something wrong with the laws, not the people. I could believe that if it were black males. I could believe that statement there, but uh, 50% of all of Americans? I don't know about that. Sounds like a lot. Nonetheless... Well, the, the, only the, reason I, the only reason I remember it is because uh, that was one of the past predictions of you know one of those psychics in the past. <laughs> well, um, I don't know about it. I mean, that, I don't well, trust they psychics. Said that by, they said that by the year... Uh, 2000, uh, we would have uh, that percentage. And well, regardless of what a psychic said, the fact is, I don't know what the exact percentage is, but the fact is the percentage is going up. I mean, the more people, more and Something more people... Something like 2% of the population is currently incarcerated. Yeah, well, isn't it like 1 out of 32 or 1 out of 31 people is either incarcerated or under probation, probation yeah, or something, something like that. It's insanity. Greg, thank well, you I, for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I'd like to say, you know, a lot of convicts uh, want very badly to get out of prison, but I think that um, Greg had a, a point when... Things get tough on the outside, and usually the, uh, the the real sticking point is the first 60 days for a lot of them. Um, when things get tough, they may very well think back and think, you know, prison wasn't so bad. I had friends and meals and things like that. And that's when they may make a decision um, to commit another crime. Your show, you take control. A little bit more about sex offenders and whatever you want to talk about. On the way, this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com where all the features are totally free. We do ask you voluntarily support the show by heading over and uh, going to dig. Dot com. I've yet to really send out an update on this yet, just because I I just haven't gotten around to it. But we're going to try a new strategy this month. We're not going to push the voting as hard as we did last month. We pushed it and pushed it last month, and we did get to first place. And it worked. Uh, fact is, though, Dig.com, a lot more popular of a website than Podcast Alley. It is that. And Dig.com has their own podcast section now. And we've mentioned this before in the past, and we sent a bunch of our listeners there to take action on this, and many of you did, and thank you for that. Uh, and unlike Podcast Alley, there's no resetting of, of votes or anything like that with Dig. In fact, it's not really even voting, it's digging. Uh, dig.com is D-I-G-G. So what I want you to do is go to dig, D-I-G-G, dot freetalklive.com, and that will take you to Free Talk Live's podcast page on their website. And then there's a little yellow button next to our, next to our show, and it says dig it. You have to be logged in, which does mean you will need to register for a free account. That takes only moments. You log in, you dig Free Talk Live, and then the more digs that we get, the higher up we're going to be on the dig podcast ranking. So if you've not done this before, if you don't have a dig account, it will take you a few steps to, to jump through the hoops and register for the account. But uh, yeah, I believe your privacy is protected and all that good stuff. And so once you get registered, you log in, you dig Free Talk Live. However, Please note that uh, you will need to dig something else, whether it be one of our episodes of the show, which are right right beneath that area, dig.freetalklive.com, or just something else on the entire website. You will have to dig something else every couple of weeks in order to lock in your dig vote for Free Talk Live. Am I making sense so far? Sounds It sounds uh, pretty straightforward to me. Right. And in fact, we're going to make it even easier for you to find other things that are interesting for you to dig. If you want, you can take the next step. This isn't required or anything like that. 
but you might find it fun. Go to news.freetalklive.com after you're done registering for your dig account, and you'll find out that we've got this cool thing that Johnson's put together. It's this news group that sort of people submit liberty-oriented news stories to, and then our free market diggers, as we call them, the people that are on this group, go in and they all dig up the, the stories they're interested in. So you can go to this group and you'll see all sorts of stories that might pique your interest. You can go and dig on those, and then more people on Dig's website will see these stories, and hopefully that'll spread a little bit more freedom around. So there's sort of a multi-pronged freedom attack at uh, at Dig right now. Now, I still think that the... Uh Podcast Alley is, has been great for us in the past. And Absolutely. I think it'll, it'll New continue. people are still coming from Podcast Alley. Right. I think, I think it's a good thing, and so I th- think that vote.freetalklive.com is a good thing. We're going to keep doing the voting thing. It's just that we're not going to push it every single night. You know, okay. We're going to maybe alternate between the two. Uh, so this new Dig project is, is on. Dig, so head over Dig's to, a much, much bigger site, that's yeah, for sure. Head over to Dig, D-I-G-G.freetalklive.com as we go to the phones and talk to Eric in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Eric. Hey, guys. How's it going this evening? Great. What's on your mind? Uh, back in January, I had to go down to Huntsville, Texas, to pick my brother up. Uh, he got released after spending uh, three years as a ward of the state. Mm, what was he in for? Uh, he was tasered, and uh, he happened to touch a cop. When he was tasered, as he was tasered, he was touching a cop. Yep. Huh. So was it assault charge or something? What was the a- charge? Assault on a peace officer. Yeah. Wow. Why were they tasering him? Uh, he had locked his wife out of her house while she was naked. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds like a dispute of some sort. Yeah. Uh, it, it was really silly. Wow. Um, but while I was there picking him up, uh, they had, because of, uh, an ice storm and all that, they had delayed his release and they couldn't tell us when he was going to be released. So I got, I had to sit there for a day and a half. And while I was sitting there, I got to talking up the, uh, uh, the guards that were out in the, uh, they had a little house, warming house set up for people who were waiting. Mm-hmm. And so I was chatting up the guards, and uh, I was like, so, you know, so out of curiosity, what's the, uh, uh, what's the fastest anybody's ever uh, re, uh, uh, reoffended after they got released? Um, and uh, they started telling me all these stories. And they said one guy just walked right out of the, the jail and uh, smashed in a window of a car and took off. <laughs> in the co- did he take off in the car or just smash the window? No, he took off in the car. Oh, I see. Wow. Yeah. I was like, that, that's pretty fast. Like, oh, that's nothing. There's one guy, they, uh, before they even get out of the jail, they're technically free, but they, they hold them all in this other room, and then they let them go in groups. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're free, technically, but they have to wait for the group to finish getting in, and then they let him go. Okay. So the, they said one time this guy was in the room, and they were waiting for it to fill up, and he all, uh, immediately started pounding on another cop that was in the uh, – another guard in the guard room. So the inmate – He attacked, attacked a police officer. Yeah. Had, wow. Hadn't even gotten out of the jail yet. Amazing. You know, that reminds me of a story that uh, happened. I used to, uh, you know, be in the area where they were release inmates um, – uh, with the prison I was at, and uh, they, the guys would be up there very early in the morning, you know, 6 a.m. to be released, and there'd be sometimes as many as 20 uh, being released in a given day, and um, more than one time, fights broke out amongst the, the inmates there that getting released. <laughs> they, like they're so Just can't caught keep up it together in their nonsense in yeah. their heads that they can't keep it together for a couple of 
for an hour, you know, a few minutes, a half an hour, whatever, until they're released, they get in fights with each other. Right back in, huh? Man, you know, say and do whatever you want, pal. What I happens in that case? What happens in that case? And Eric, thanks for the call. What happens in the case where you're you're a free man waiting to go? You deck somebody in the room where you're waiting to leave. Are they going to just walk you right back into the prison, or are they going to arrest you, take you to the jail, and then process you fresh? And I mean, how does that work? Well, unlike the uh, gentleman who called, um, you know, in this, the state prison that I was in, um, they, you, you're not free until you walk out the Sally Port door. I see. That's when you're free. So yeah, they've just taken them to, you know, taken them from right there to confinement. Right back in. Yeah, they got another 60, 80, 90, 100 days, whatever. You bring up what you want to, Stephen. In Massachusetts, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hey, Stephen. Stephen in Massachusetts. Hey, guys. Hey there. You're on the air. How are you? Good. What's up? Well, I want to call in about what Cato was saying yesterday. Okay. Can, we, can, you, re- can you recap it? Because uh, people just tune in here. Right. Well, over the last few days... I'm going to turn my phone down. Okay. Right. Well, over the last few days, there's been a debate on rights, human rights, and if they exist. Yes. And yesterday... Cato from Tennessee called in and made the claim that rights exist because they make us human and that we're human because we have rights. I think it was essentially his argument. Mm-hmm. And there's several flaws in the things that he said. Okay, do tell. Well, the first is that a human is defined by um, genetic, physiological, and anatomical attributes. So I don't know what definition of human he's using. He should have been more specific hmm. with exactly what he meant. And even if what defined us as human was the fact that we had rights, it still doesn't prove that rights exist. I don't think anybody has ever, I don't think in the, the past week of shows, no, anyone has proven that rights exist. I don't think it's possible. They just assert that because we are man, we have them. And he says he, he does give a few things of what a human is. He says first that humans have um, personality and ego, which are terms he didn't define. They're awful open-ended terms. And he also claimed that's because we have um, emotions and uh, consciences. But you can find those in plenty of other animals. It's not specifically... A conscience? Uh... I can tell so, you, when my cat bites me, the only thing he's worried about get, is getting smacked. He doesn't feel bad about it. <laughs> most, well, most human conscience is mostly derived from the fear of punishment. Okay. I would say most um, Im- human emotions are also derived from evolutionary... Um, uh, Maybe history. so. I don't think about punishment when, I'm, when my conscience is bothering me. I'm thinking about doing the right thing. Well, you may be thinking about consequences, not necessarily right. punishment. I don't think that that's why, so. I think why, I know what the difference between right and wrong right is, thing. and that I oh. choose to believe that I should do the right thing, so therefore my conscience bothers me. That's what, con- my, that's what my experience is when my conscience bothers me. But how do you know what the right thing is, Mark? Um, you know, I've been taught what the right thing is. I know that uh, hurting people is bad. Well... And I think that humans innately know what the what the right thing is. The, the wrong thing is doing something that you you wouldn't want uh, you, you wouldn't you don't want to bring harm to another person because theoretically you wouldn't want harm brought upon yourself. Right now, of course, there well, are psychopaths out there who believe the opposite. They don't care. Uh, they w- really wouldn't be bothered either way if harm were brought to them. Um, they're just violent sickos. But for the most part, most people don't do terrible things to others because of how they feel about themselves. Stephen. Final thoughts? Well, that is 
not, not exactly. I mean... Yeah, but you got about ten seconds, Stephen. Oh, do I? Yeah, final thoughts. What about thoughts. human sacrifice in certain cultures? We would consider it wrong, but they don't. Yeah, that's true. Cultural, it, culture is certainly a factor. Thanks for the call. Hour two is on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. Coming up, we promised it last night. We'll get to it tonight. The Death Squad. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. As we launch into hour number two, you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Hey, there's some kind of sound effects going on there in the background. Weird audio stuff going on. Let's listen for a moment. Oh, there it goes. Turned it off. 800-259-9231. All right, you bring up anything. Last night, we mentioned that uh, we had a story about a death squad. And I want to find out what that's all about. Mark, you've got the story. I do. I do. Um, apparently, uh, in Delaware, there's some very strange occurrences going on. Uh, this is from LouRockwell.com. Delaware was the first state to ratify the U.S. Constitution. It may be the first state to be a f- uh, affected with a fully operational death squad. Unless a civil lawsuit filed on Friday against the murderers of Derek J. Hale results in a criminal charges and a complete lustration in the Eastern European sense of the term of Delaware's law enforcement establishment. Hale, a retired Marine sergeant who served two tours in Iraq has um, and was decorated before his combat-related medical discharge in January 2006, was murdered by a heavily armed 8- to 12-member undercover police team in Wilmington, Delaware, last November oh the 6th. It's a crazy story. Why um, on earth were they undercover? And you'll see why it is that they use the terminology that they use here. It's it's amazing. He had the to term co- murder, you mean? Yeah, murder. He had to come to Wilmington um, from his home in Manassas, Virginia, to participate in a Toys for Tots event. Okay. Derek was house-sitting for... Because that's a Marines thing, I think, right? It's, it's Marines and a, a lot of uh, biker groups get involved. Okay. Um, Derek was house-sitting for a friend on the day he was murdered. Sandra Lopez, the ex-wife of Derek's friend, arrived with an 11-year-old son and 6-year-old daughter just shortly before the police showed up. After helping Sandra and her children remove some of their personal belongings, Derek sounds like a really bad guy, huh? Helping a friend's ex-wife yeah, uh, scum, remove stuff from... Scumbag. Yeah. Derek was sitting placidly on the front steps, clad in jeans and a hooded sweatshirt, when an unmarked police car and a blacked-out SUV arrived and disgorged their murderous cargo. Unknown to Derek, he had been under police surveillance as part of a ginned-up investigation into the pagan... Motorcycle Club, what? which he had joined several months before. The Pagans sponsored the Toys for Tots run. Now, lots of motorcycle groups get involved in Toys for Tots runs yeah. and all diff- all kinds of different poker runs for kids and, and those kind of things. And I, 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 I don't hear, think the Hells Angels has been sponsoring Toys for Tots. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. It, you know, it, it seems like um, some of these organizations... Some of them are involved in criminal activities. Some of them are involved in uh, a lot of them are involved in uh, helpful activity for the community, and some are involved in both. Now, pagans are just people that believe in Mother Earth and that sort of thing. I don't know that pagan, the Pagan Motorcycle Club has anything to do with um, the pagan religion or anything well, you like would, that. I would think that if you're going to label yourself as a pagan, you would have something to do with the pagan religion. Well, perhaps. Um, 
As with any biker club, the Pagans probably included some disreputable people in their ranks. Possibly. Derek was emphatically not one of them. I mean, you know, you enjoy you join a club, the Lions Club. If somebody in the Lions Club uh, embezzles, uh, you know, money from a from their company, should I? They're all guilty. Right? They're no. This is crazy. That's crazy talk. Well, now they were just being investigated. They're, I guess there's nothing wrong with them being investigated, right? How about shooting them on the on somebody's front porch? In addition to his honorable military service, albeit a consummately dishonorable war, uh, Derek's personal background was antiseptically clean. He had a concealed uh, carry permit in Virginia, which he would not have been issued if he had been convicted of a felony, narcotics, or domestic uh, violence charge, or had any record of substance abuse or mental illness. It's tough to get a uh, concealed weapons permit in Virginia, and they do a lot of background checking. Okay. On the day he was killed, Derek had been under both physical and electronic, and according to the civil complaint, illegal surveillance. Police personnel who observed him knew that his behavior was completely innocuous. And, despite the fact that he had done nothing to warrant such treatment, was considered to be an unindicted co-conspirator in a proposed narcotics ring run by the pagans. The police vehicle screeched to a halt in front of the house shortly after 4 p.m. They ordered Lopez and her children away from Derek, who, predictably, had risen to his feet by this time. Yeah, what the hell's going on? Yeah, then ordered him to remove his hands from his pockets, the pockets of his sweatshirt. Oh, boy. And that's, you know, I mean, that, that makes sense that they would do such a thing. Less than a second later, according to several eyewitnesses at the scene, these are several people, Derek was hit with a taser blast that knocked him sideways and sent him into convulsions. Now, he hadn't had a chance to even get his hands out of his pockets. Get your hands out of your pockets. You know, that's how it went. His right hand involuntarily shot out of his pocket, clinching spasmatically. Not in front of the kids, Derek gasped as he tried to force his body to cooperate. Get the kids out of here. The officers continued to order Derek to put his hands, um, to put up his hands. He was physically unable to comply. He's being tasered! Right. So they tased him again. This time he was driven to his side and vomited into a nearby flower bed. This is what he fought for in Iraq, by the way. Mm. This freedom. Howard, listen to this. Howard Mixon, a contractor who had been working nearby, couldn't abide the spectacle. He said, that's not necessary, he bellowed at the assailants. That's overkill! That's overkill! Yeah! At this point, one of the heroes in blue, or in this case, black, heroes. swaggered over to Mixon and snarled, I'll effing show you overkill. What? After heroically shutting up an unarmed civilian, the officer turned his attention back to Derek, who was being tased yet again. I'm trying to get my hands out, Derek explained, desperately trying to make his tortured, traumatized body obey his will. Horrified, his friend Sandra screamed at the officers, He's trying to get his hands out. He can't get his hands out. Having established that Derek, an innocent man who had survived two tours of duty in Iraq, was defenseless, one of Wilmington's finest closed in for the kill. Lieutenant William Brown of the Wilmington Police Department, who was close enough to seize and handcuff the helpless victim, instead shot him in the chest at point-blank range, tearing apart his vitals with three forty caliber rounds. Three shots. Three shots. He did this after Derek said, repeatedly and explicitly, that he was trying to cooperate. He did this despite the fact that the witnesses on the scene had confirmed that Derek was, in fact, trying to cooperate. He did this in front of a traumatized mother, two horrified children. Why was this done? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, it's a shocking story. According to Sergeant Stephen Elliott of the WPD, the Wilmington Police Department, Brown... what's the official story? Brown slaughtered Derek Hale because he feared for the safety of his fellow officers and believed the suspect was in possession um, to pose an imminent threat. 
That subject- he believed, he believed, right. allegedly... A tasered man who was on the ground was a threat? That he was going to, uh, after he'd been tasered, which just messes with your uh, your electrical system in your body, basically. Right. It screws you up. You're just basically a, a writhing mess if you can even move at all after you've been tased for a little while. He believed that he was going to whip a gun out of his sweatshirt, basically, and, and attack the police? You know, actually, I, uh, I misspoke on that last. It said the suspect was in a position to pose an imminent threat. He was lying on the ground vomiting in a position. The subjective belief was sufficient to just, um, for justification for the use of deadly force, according to Sergeant Elliott. The position Derek was in, remember, was that of a wallowing, um, wallowing helplessly in his own vomit, trying to overcome the cumulative effects of three completely unjustified taser attacks. When wow. Asked, yeah. When asked by the Wilmington News Journal last week if Hale had ever threatened the officers, remember, there were at least eight to 12 of them. Elliot repeated, in a sense, he threatened the officers when he did not comply with their commands. You must comply within a tenth of a second or we'll taser you. And and apparently shoot you. He wasn't given a chance to comply. He was hit with with the the taser. Yeah, with the first taser strike less than three, less than a second after he was commanded to remove his hands from his pocket and then two more in rapid succession. (sighs) The killing only took three minutes. That's an agonizing three minutes. That's a long time when, well, when yeah. things like that are going down. You got to figure it starts with the first taser shot and ends with the last. Um, it ends with the the bullet uh, mm-hmm. bullets. So that's a taser shot every minute, and then ending up with the bullets. Yeah, think you can handle that? Taser, 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 gunfire. <sighs> Crazy. As always in the case um, when agents of the state murder an innocent person, the WM the WPD immediately went into cover up mode. Yep. The initial account of the police officer claimed that Derek had struggled with undercover Wilmington vice officers. Send him on a paid vacation while you're at it. But do you hear this? They, they initially said that he struggled with undercover Wilmington vice officers. It didn't sound to me like he was anywhere near them. No, it that struggle, like of course, him. Yeah, that, that struggle, report, uh, of course, referred to Derek's involuntary reaction to a multiple unjustified taser strike. Oh, so he was struggling with the taser, like the taser was hitting him, and because the taser's connected to the police officer by I don't little know. barbs... I don't know that he was never untouched. I, I, I don't know that they never touched him. I, I mean, it certainly... It, it sounds well, they're touching him by proxy, see? The taser barbs are in him, and therefore the officer's holding it on the... And he was just... He was jerking around, and that scared the officers, apparently. Uh, there's more to this story, and it's sick. Continues you to take shock. control. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free. You take control uh, of them. And like the bulletin board system, over 200,000 posts for you to interact with. You go ahead and post and interact with over 1,300 of our listeners. Also, of course, the Free Talk Live crew hangs out on the Free Talk Live BBS as well. So go to bbs.freetalklive.com to get interactive. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. February's winner of the Lysander Spooner Award, Radicals for Capitalism, a freewheeling history of modern American libertarian of the modern American libertarian movement by Brian Darty, outlines both the history of libertarianism and its true influence yet to come. Check out this and many other books and videos on liberty at lfb.com. That's laissez-faire books lfb.com. Now, actually, I'd, I'd heard about this uh, Radicals for Capitalism. It's supposed to be a very good book, somebody told me. So Cool. There you go. Um, all right. So we're in the midst of a story that is probably one of the more sick ones of the entire year. 
Probably one of the sickest police, uh, just bad cop stories that I've heard in a long while. There is a, a gentleman who is now dead. Mm-hmm. Um, he died due to three gunshot wounds to the chest at virtually point-blank range. Delivered to him by a one Lieutenant w- William Brown, I believe it is. Yeah. And uh, these wounds were delivered after he had been tasered three times. And this was all done on the front porch or the front area of a home that he was essentially house-sitting for mm-hmm. for a little while for one of the fellow members of his bike club. And this is a, uh, a veteran of the Iraq War. He had come back and served uh, a few years over in Iraq. Two and, terms. Uh, two terms. And now he's back. Two words, and I guess. this is the reward he got for uh, for his service. Uh, yeah. apparently, apparently hanging out with bikers... Is uh, is a death sentence now in America because there was no trial here, there was no violence, there was nothing. He wasn't threatening the cops at all. They they ran up while there were kids around. There were little kids there too. They chose the moment where where the kids were the closest to this guy to rush up to him, and and then taser him after they ordered him to get his hands out of his pockets of his sweater, which he would have done. But they after they'd ordered him to remove his hands, they immediately tasered him less than a second later. He didn't have time to remove his hands, and while he was being tasered, he still didn't really, uh, I guess one hand flung out at that time, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he still had another hand in. He was trying to tell the cops. It's not easy them. to communicate while you're being tasered. I but would imagine. He, uh, he told the cops that he was trying to cooperate, that he wanted to remove his hands, but he was having a hard time because he was being tasered. Then they shot him to death. Continue the story. They also said that uh, there was a struggle that uh, you know on the front lawn, but of course this is a guy who's lying in a pool of his own vomit. There were witnesses. I mean, if his arms are locked up with uh, muscle spasms, it's because you were tasered him three times and he right. couldn't move them. And you know the cops, uh, they're. Go- I hope they have a really tough time with this because, and I know they're going into cover-up mode. They're all yeah. again. Whatever happens, whenever this stuff happens, whenever a cop kills somebody, uh, and they usually do it in cold blood, like they did in this particular case. Whenever a cop does something bad, they all just gather around him, and it's the the thin blue line protecting their own. Cops can do no wrong. Our members are, they're good men. Everything they do is good and just and right. How dare you accuse our officers of being bad? How dare you? That certainly happens, and I'm not going to dispute that. I'm by no means a cop hater, but I think that the problem is here is the drug war. It has, That's uh, why the, he was being investigated in the first place. It's it's responsible for all these no knock raids, these uh, blacked out uh, you know SWAT teams that are yep. going in everywhere. That's the problem. The problem is is that there's a war on the American people in the process of this war on drugs. The account likewise mentioned the police recovered two items that were considered weapons from Derek's body. Ooh. Neither was a firearm. One was a container of pepper spray. Okay. The uh, pepper spray, spray. This is a weapon? This is not a weapon. Isn't that it, something for defense purposes? Uh, only. Yes, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> don't the cops, wouldn't the cops rather be getting shot at by pepper spray than shot at by bullets? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you, there shouldn't be anything said about a can of pepper spray at all. The other was a switchblade knife. Uh-huh. Those were most likely planted by the murder, um, uh, planted on the murder victim. The police on the scene had pepper spray. Um, had pepper spray, and Derek's stepbrother, the Missouri resident, uh, Jason Singleton, assist, insists Derek never carried a switchblade. Huh. Last time I saw Derek, Jason told the News Journal, he had a small Swiss Army knife. I never saw him carry anything like a switchblade. This is typical. 
Typical of the police, planting evidence just to make themselves look good. Is, when, when I'm surprised, surprised they didn't plant a gun. When something goes wrong, I mean, I've heard cops say that they do this. When something you know goes wrong, you don't want any questions asked, so you flip a little Saturday Night Special onto the uh, scene, and that takes care of everything. Sure. I've heard it said. The last, and remember, my father uh, used to be part of the uh, sheriff's posse in, in my county. The last time I saw Derek, Jason, um, excuse me, within hours, the WPD had began to fabricate a backup story to justify Derek's murder. Several Delaware state uh, police officers identified in the suit as uh, Lieutenant Ogden, Sergeant Randall Hunt, and, uh, and, another, and other individuals con- uh, contacted the police in Manassas, Virginia, and informed him that uh, Derek had been charged with drug trafficking two days before he was murdered. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Suddenly, after he's dead, well, he's been charged with drug trafficking two days before he was murdered. This was untrue, but because it was said by someone invested with the majestic power of the state, it was accepted as true. Huh. As and, if that would justify it anyway. Well, um, th- th- there's a little mo- few more tricks up their sleeves here. Cited in a sworn affidavit to secure a warrant to secure Derek um, to search Derek's home, conducting this spurious search, which was remember play acting in the service of a cover story, meant shoving aside Derek's grieving widow, Elaine, and her two sh- um, two shattered children. Slow down a second here. Okay, they shot this man in cold blood in the front of this other gentleman's house. Mm-hmm. Then two days later, or a, f- a few days later, they came up with this cover story claiming that they have a uh, warrant, or th- that he's been charged with drug trafficking, and now they're going to go and search his home after he's already dead. Within hours. Of, within hours. Uh, within hours of him being killed. Okay. They, they do this. Um, two shattered children who had just lost their Did they their really stepfather. have a warrant, or did they make that no, up, too? It was a real warrant that they lied about the... Uh, they lied to get. They lied to get. Gotcha. Nothing of material consequence was found, but a useful bit of embroidery was added to the cover story. Less than two weeks earlier, Derek and Elaine had... Because if you're involved in drug trafficking, um, guess what? There's usually some evidence around. One would think. Yeah. Less than two weeks earlier, Derek and Elaine had celebrated their first anniversary. By the way, which, even if they'd found 20 pounds of cocaine, it wouldn't justify what they did. Well, it would have ruined the case. I can assure you of that. It would have made him look a little bit worse in the eyes of many in the public, it would, but it, it would wouldn't have, have justified... It shot it to hell. It wouldn't have justified their actions. I'm not saying it would have, but it would have shot it to hell. Um, Delaware State, if you, if you want to uh, you know, look justified in the eyes of the police, you can't have a bunch of drugs at your house. You well, the cops, don't, the cops uh, not, don't think not, this guy's justified. Right. Not in the eyes of the cops, but in the eyes of the public, once something like this happens, you can't have you know, a, a couple of pounds of marijuana at the okay. house. And as a matter of fact, having a bag of marijuana is really going to shoot your, shoot your story. But he help. didn't. He did not. Last November 21st, in an attempt to preempt public outrage, the highest officials in Delaware State Police issued a press release in conjunction with their counterparts, from Virginia. The statement is a work of unalloyed um, mendacity. Mind- excuse me. Hale resisted arrest and was shot and killed by William uh, Wilmington Police on November the 2nd, 2006. Lied the signatories with um, reference to the claim that he resisted. He didn't resist anything. Right. Hale was at the corner of a um, at the center of a long-term narcotics trafficking investigation, which is still ongoing. I, I There's mean, more, right? Yeah. Eight hundred two five nine. story. Ninety two thirty one. Your bad cop stories, if you've got them. This is unfortunately this happens more often than you might think. These sorts of stories. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You take control. Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just three dollars a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com.
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com, the place to go. Live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, two sizes will fit virtually any internet connection. So head over and enjoy the show for free on us at freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. And hear and discuss the progress and the future of the Free State Project. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Talking about a, a very disturbing story about a man who was shot down by the police. And the police, as they typically do in cases like this, rallying around one another, protecting each other, keeping the thin blue line nice and thin and but still unbroken. They don't ever want to, nobody will ever uh, snitch out one of their fellow co-workers in the police department. Nobody will ever admit uh, that the police actually might have made a mistake, that the police might have done something wrong. Um, no, in fact, they use the police, uh, the administrators at all levels to uh, to fabricate evidence, to plant evidence. Um, in this particular case, the cop shot a man three times in front of uh, a friend's home for no reason whatsoever. He was standing out in front of the home with a female friend of his and a couple of kids nearby. The cops rolled up on the scene got out, started yelling at him. They didn't, by the way, identify him, uh, themselves. There's a lawsuit now being filed. Uh, the cops did not identify themselves. Many of them were uh, were completely ununiformed. Right. This was undercover, as, as stated. And uh, according to Wilmington Police Department ru- force rules, continuum of force rules, the officer should have actually shot pepper spray before resulting to deadly force. Um, so there's several rules that were very obviously violated. There's going to be a lawsuit filed. But as the lawyer points out, they're going to fight us to the death on this. That's just how it goes. Yeah. Uh, because the police will never admit to doing something wrong. They're the, they're the good guys, no matter what happens. And it's just so disgusting and despicable, the behavior on their part. And it's amazing to me that after, story after story like this comes out. Whether it's this guy who is a, a decorated Iraq War veteran yeah. who didn't have any sort of connection whatsoever to drugs or anything like that. And even if he had, I wouldn't care. Uh, and it wouldn't make him violent, even if he had. But he didn't have any of the connections that they allege that he had. And uh, if it's whether it's him or a 90-year-old woman down in Atlanta who has her house uh, broken into by armed police officers, again under the auspices of a drug raid, and shot and killed... Whether it's them, whether it's uh, Corey May down in Mississippi, who has his door kicked in. Oops, they had the wrong side of the duplex. Well, he didn't know who was kicking in his door. He shot one of the intruders. Turns out, they're the cops. Turns out, the guy he shot was the chief's son. And uh, now he's he's on on death death row. row. Right. I mean, there's story after story, and yet Americans still believe. And there's more to this story as well. But yet Americans still believe in their police. They believe in the system. They think that these guys are good guys, and they're not. Many of them are not. You know, there's certainly cases that back up what you say. But more important... 40,000 police raids per year. Right. That's the problem, though. Those 40,000 police raids come from the war on drugs. Yeah, probably largely, 99% of them. Largely come from the war on drugs. And we could do so much, so much to protect the American people from these 
you know, this, I don't know. I don't know why it is that they want to do these uh, no-knock raids. You and know stuff. why it is? Well, because they're gung ho and they have fun doing it. Right. Um, and you were what, saying during the during uh, you were saying during one of the breaks they they psych each other up while they're in their little armored personnel carriers or whatever it is that they arrive on the scene with. They bump chests, right? That sort of thing. Yeah, jacking each other. Yeah, get ready, man. Are you ready to take out this drug dealer? Yeah. Yeah. She lock and lock and load on this scumbag. You know, I I can't dispute that. I've 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 seen it in action. Um, to the police, these are uh, it doesn't there it doesn't matter how much investigation has been done. If they get to kick in a door, they're kicking in a criminal's door. It doesn't matter if they've been convicted or not. They're kicking in a criminal's door, and they're going to they treat that it. person like a, a they vicious don't them, criminal. They don't treat them like an uh you know unconvicted uh, you know unconvicted citizen. They right. treat them like. A criminal right. already, and and uh, they, there's no sort of uh, there's no leeway as far as you're kicking in somebody's door. They're not necessarily being violent towards you, but you're being violent towards them. Right. So it's okay apparently to just destroy property, yell and scream, yell orders at people, and and uh, shoot and the pl- dog, shoot dogs. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for that. They love doing that crap. It's just amazing what <laughs> happened here. This man was shot three times in the chest, point-blank range, in front of witnesses. How ballsy. Yep. As they know they can get away with anything. They really do. You know, I don't know if they, sp- I don't know if they consciously Not any, know it. anything, but uh, they can get, w- get away they with quite a bit. They can literally get away with murder. They can get away with robbery. They can get away with drug dealing. They can get away with virtually anything they want to because the, their buddies will back them up every time. And even if they do get convicted, generally... The majority of the times, nine cases out of ten, they get less time than you or I would get if, for doing the same thing. They get a true. they get a shorter sentence. So not only do they get, um, it's it's very unlikely that you'll catch them, and and they just cover up for each other and that yep. kind of thing. Especially if the uh, br- the big brass is involved. If one guy does something dumb, it's less likely they'll cover up for him. But if if it was a you know planned raid, man, they're going to do a lot of covering up. Yep. Um, and not only is it that they're going to cover up, but if they do get caught, the chances are very good that whatever they get is going to be minor compared to what you and I would get. I don't know if I'm going to consider even a, a pris- any kind of prison time a slap on the hand. I, I don't yeah. like to use that terminology. Slap on the hand sounds more like probation to me. But um, they'll get less than you and I would get. There's more to the story, though, yes. right? As we've seen, Derek Hale did not resist arrest, as everyone on the scene knew. And he was not the center of any investigation. Before his posthumous promotion to unindicted co-conspirator, he was merely a person of interest mm. because of his affiliation with the motorcycle club. Most critically, the statement which bears the august imp- um, oh boy, this is one imprimt- imprimatur of both the Delaware and Virginia State Police Departments, remember, asserts both state police superintendents have confirmed that there was never any false information exchanged by either agency in the investigation of Derek J. Hale or transmitted between the agencies in order to obtain the search warrant. They're covering for each other, too. Mm-hmm. Sure. This was another lie. Delaware State Police spokesman Sergeant Melissa Zebley conceded last week that no arrest warrant for Hale was ever issued, reported in the news journal on March the 22nd. Three days So after- why were they there? Right. Three days after, well, they were there doing the investigation, what they had said about the... Uh, Some investigating. Um, th- they were they were busting the house or something like that. Mm-hmm. Th- th- that was what their intent was. But And they had, a, I believe, a warrant for the house. But that doesn't change the fact that Eric was never anything but a person of interest. Yeah. Derek, excuse me. Um, three days after Hale was murdered, police arrested 12 members of the Pagan's Motorcycle Club on various drugs and weapons charges. 
but identified Hale at that point only as a person of interest. Last Friday, May the 23rd, the Rutherford Institute, one of the uh, precious few nominally conservative activist groups that gives half a damn about individual liberty, and a private law firm in Virginia filed a civil rights lawsuit against several Delaware law enforcement officers and political, of, and political officials on behalf of Derek's widow and parents. They really should consider including key officials from the Virginia State Police um, in the suit as well. Those who persist in fetishizing local police who are, at this They're point, heroes. merely local franchises of a unitary, um, unitary militarized homeland security apparatus should ponder this atrocity long and hard. They should contemplate not only the inexplicable eagerness of Lieutenant William Brown to kill a helpless, paralyzed, pseudo-suspect, who's a war vet, mind you, but also the practiced ease with which the police establishment of two states collaborated in um, confecting a fiction to cover up that crime. They've never done that before, huh? According to the lawsuit, Lieutenant Brown, Derek's murderer has violated the constitutional rights of others in the past through the improper use of deadly force and has um, coached other WPD officers in how to lie about and or justify the improper use of deadly force. Rather than being cashiered, Brown was promoted. Just uh, as one would expect... He was promoted after this event? Yep. um, Just as as one would expect from any other dishonest, cowardly thug in the service of any other third world death squad. Derek J. Hale survived two tours of duty in Iraq, a country teeming with Pentagon-trained death squads, only to be murdered by their homegrown equivalent. Wow. Uh, I know, it's a shocking story. Yeah, it's hard to even promote it. I mean, that's the icing on the cake. 800-259-9231. Your stories, if you've got them, bad cops. And your an- your analysis of this situation, 1-800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. Talking bad cops at the moment. 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free, though we do ask you voluntarily support the show by supporting us in two different ways. You can go and shop with us at our Free Talk Live store at store.freetalklive.com, buy a variety of different T-shirts and hats and the classic archive DVD collector sets, and get in on the pre-order now while you still can on some of these exclusive items that uh, may not last forever at store.freetalklive.com, including the very hot-selling Free Talk Live multi-gadget. It's a 2-gigabyte flash drive, MP3 player, and it's a voice recorder, and it's an FM tuner, all in one. For a very, very affordable price. I was shocked at how cheap how cheap we're offering this thing. I, I thought we should increase the price because it's just so darn cheap. Uh, but well, people you, want it. They've been going out the door, the, pre, the pre-orders on those. Also, the ladies, uh, the ladies' version of the Free Talk Live t-shirt is on sale as well. Um, so head over there and check that out. The new Something that fits the girls a little better That's than uh, just your standard t-shirt. A little more form-fitting, which was in high demand by the ladies. Uh, and, of course, the Free Marketeer t-shirt as well. There's more... Go take a look at the store, store.freetalklive.com. Once you're done shopping there, everything else you need to buy in life, you get at amazon.freetalklive.com, and a percentage of your purchase there goes to Free Talk Live. That's amazon.freetalklive.com. Well, another man was murdered by the adrenaline junkies. Yeah, that's who these guys are. Police officers who raid people's homes for drug 
allegedly for drug purposes. Uh, people, these guys that you know dress themselves up in black, kick in doors, mask their faces because they're afraid of being seen doing these horrible things. And you they're know, adrenaline is, junkies. It's a relatively new phenomenon in the United States. Relatively new, new. Like I in mean, the past twenty years, right? You, you mean, didn't see years? cops in the '60s doing raids, unless you were talking about, I guess, you know, and we had it in uh, the times of prohibition too. So I guess I'm mistaken. Um, it, it's this, but it's prohibition that causes this, whether it's prohibition yeah. of alcohol or prohibition of drugs. Because if there were, if there were no war, if there was no war on drugs, and all the police were actually doing were investigating real crimes like rape and murder and uh, assault and robbery and that sort of thing. Well, if you got a uh, crew of bank robbers holed up in a, a home somewhere, you, you don't necessarily have to kick in the door. I mean, they can only stay there for so long. And they could do this with drug dealers, too. Wait down the street, wait till the guy leaves and pull him over. I mean, that, that would solve the problem. Or but wait no. till they come with their hands up. I mean, at some point or another, they'll come out. But no, this is, it's an obsession. It's like a sick obsession that these guys have with um, with these raids. They love to do it. It's exciting to them. And we've talked to cops before who've admitted to us that, yeah, I knew that I was, uh, you know, that, that I wasn't really making a difference in the war on drugs. I knew that taking one criminal off the street only opened up the marketplace to where another criminal could step in and start dealing the same drugs to other people. Sure, I knew all that, but I loved the rush. Yeah. Sounds like you need a new hobby. Find something better to do with your. You know, I energy. don't think I. I don't think I have a problem with uh, an armed raid on a house full of uh, bank robbers. I don't have a problem with that because there's a there's just a huge uh, financial burden as far as the public goes with putting thirty cops out there behind their cars with their guns drawn, waiting for the bank robbers to come out. You don't do it that way. You just wait down the damn street till they come out to go shopping. I, and if they stopped arresting nonviolent people, then they would ha- have to cut the officers down they wouldn't need that many here here in Keene, new hampshire if they stopped arresting traffic stops and and drug drug offenders and things like that how many cops would we really need in Keene? Well, as many uh, you know the, uh, the the amount of cops that they have in this local town just uh, baffles me but um any anyhow uh the, well, that's know, just what they do they're like any other bureaucracy they increase their size and, every uh, time and they're using the war on drugs to increase their budgets and uh and increase the amount of equipment that they have the amount of Bombs they have to throw, the amount of uh, stuff they can put on their bodies. They they love this crap. They really do. And 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 p- people insist. Well, we allow them to do it, and that's the problem. Okay, yeah, that's so, true. I mean, you know, we we um allow this these guys to get this whole gang mentality going, and then it we is a gang. Allow them to do this um, kicking indoors thing, and that's where we need. This needs to stop. The American people. Yes, are, I'm I mean, anti-gang. Innocent people are being. Killed in this war on drugs, and and uh, by the cops, by the people yep. that are supposed to be protecting us, and then they lie about it. And, and there's no, virtually no repercussions for it. Not only do they lie about it, but they lie about it, and they usually get away with it, even if they are caught in their lies. As you pointed out, it's a slap on the hand. Let's go to the phones to the amplifier line, and let's talk to Matt in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Julia and Mark. Hello, Matt. Good evening, guys. Good evening, hey. sir. What's on your mind? Um. Well, you were talking about the police, and I was at my brother's house uh, Christmas time for a party and happened to be talking to this woman who trained Illinois State Police. And she was telling us this uh, story of one evening uh, she got some kind of a call at her radio, and I forget the details, but the short, uh, the short part of the story is she felt her husband 
had been involved in a car wreck, and so she was distraught, and she got in her car, and she's going to where her husband works. Her husband was a state trooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the way there, she's speeding, and she got pulled over by the police. And she got out of her car and started running at the police car and was waving her hands, and the police officer who was gone and pointed at her and told her to get back in her car. And she calmed herself down and got back into her car. But then she said the most amazing thing. I was sitting at the table with Alva. She said, he had every right to shoot her. Yeah. Now, if, she, if you're wa- ra- waving your hands in the air, I don't think you're much of a danger, especially no. a woman waving her hands in the air at a male cop yeah. doesn't seem like much of a danger to me. He doesn't There's have no every right, right there. to... No, I'm sorry. He has to be... He, You know, his life has to be in danger or somebody else's that he's protecting. He doesn't have and, every right. That's disgusting. And I said to her about the same thing. I, I looked at her and I said, he doesn't have a right to shoot you. It's shoot you unless you, you see the gun or something. And she said, oh, no. She said she... She felt that he would have had every right to shoot and kill her because of how she was acting, because she was acting. Wow. Yeah. She's brainwashed. Yeah, well, and she's she's one of the people that trains. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Our our moral superiors out there, the police. Yes. Yeah, thanks. uh, Anything else on your mind? Well, there was a story out of Chicago, uh, too, today, um, that pilots... Uh, that are flying in the Midway have been getting together in groups and renting out houses because they can stay at a house. They can pay $100 a month apiece, and they can go and they can crash there whenever they want, where if they go to a hotel, they got to pay like $100 a night. Mm-hmm. So people have been renting out their rooms to them and stuff and making some extra money on the side. Sure. Yeah, they've got some nice uh, three flats there by Midway that uh, you can buy relatively, you know, for a relatively fair price. Okay. Right. And the uh, bureaucrats got uh, got wind of this, and they said, no, you can't do that. They started uh, finding these people for running boarding houses without a license. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Amazing. Just Thank for you letting for the other pilots stay there. 1-800-259-9231, the packet8.net toll free line for you. It's just a disgusting a boarding, hour. A boarding house. I mean, we're not talking about bums, yeah. you know, staggering off the street. These are pilots. These are professional men that yeah. have jobs. Well, they should be paying $100 a night, Mark. Yeah, they need to pay $100 a night for... Uh, Maybe the hotel turned them on to that. Maybe the hotel. just goes to show Besides that these da- people love control. That's all that this is That's about. That's Because, really, is well, there any... Well, they were cutting out their taxes on the hotel room. Julia, that's where the you got to follow the money here. And um, the, the bureaucrats want their taxes on that hotel room. This is Chicago, Illinois now. Yeah. This is the third metro in the United States. They've got a lot of taxes on these hotel rooms, and you'd be lucky. And you'll get tetanus if you find a $100 a night hotel in Chicago, <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> yeah, that is really what it's all about, Julia. It's about power. You know, I've, I've almost come to the conclusion at this point that there are two different types of people in the world. There are the people who are in search of profit and the people who are in search of power. You know, if if you don't understand the concepts of liberty, I think that it turns uh, it the power turns the people bad too. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, real quick, um, hour number three is on the way, but here's a couple of corrupt cop stories for you to round out this hour. In Fayette, Georgia, a Fulton County Fire Department captain, guess not really a cop, but he was arrested for selling powdered cocaine to undercover drug agents. 
The captain, who's 56, faces one count of cocaine distribution, was caught peddling it at a local gas station in New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, They voted Wednesday to fire narcotics officers who were arrested last month. The head of the narcotics unit and one of his detectives were fired on the recommendation of the police chief, charged with stealing $30,000 he thought was drug money, but was actually bait planted by the FBI. Uh oh. In Greenville, Mississippi, a former small-town police chief pled guilty to two federal drug counts. He copped a plea to possession of marijuana with intent to distribute and distribution of hydrocodone. Ten years in prison and a $500,000 fine is what he's looking at. And finally, in Youngstown, Ohio, a former sheriff's office lieutenant has been sentenced to four years in prison after pleading guilty to three counts of drug possession and three counts of drug trafficking. The uh, the officer is uh, ooh, ooh, selling, more than, uh, selling more than 200 Oxycontin tablets, as a matter of fact. Hour number three is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind. Since we're on the topic of cops... They've busted the very first person in these new under these new meth laws. We'll tell you about it. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and we're launching into hour number three. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. Last hour, we had a really disturbing story about a man shot in cold blood by police. Not an un- I guess it's not unusual these days with 40,000 armed police raids happening in the United States on a yearly basis. Uh, it's inevitable that things like these, uh, these will happen. We're talking about the nature. Of- we started to actually talk about, and Julia, you kind of brought it up, the nature of authority and how it is that the power that these people have, whether they be the police, whether they be your city government officials or any other bureaucrat, they they grab as much power as they can possibly get their hands on, and they do everything they can to protect it for as long as they possibly can. And then they try to ex- expand their uh, their reach and expand their ability to control things. Well, and it I, really just goes straight to their heads, doesn't it? I think that that's common with anybody who's... Uh you know, does well at their job. They're going to, uh, you know, they're going to look for more things to handle. They're going to want to get things under their control so that they can, you know, make sure that they're handled well. That all that kind of stuff. The problem is when it comes under the purview of government, because well, government's force. Who watches the watchers? Right. You know, the the more power a police department gets, I mean, the closer they are to an occupying army in your town. You know, what was interesting about the story last hour was that this was Delaware. Wilmington, Delaware, the entire state of Delaware has 700,000 people in it. And so it was a great example because this was like a death squad of cops in Wilmington, Delaware. You'd think that this would be something to be more likely in Los Angeles or New York City or Washington, D.C. But no, the fact is, wherever there is power, there will be sickos who are looking for it. So it doesn't matter. This could have happened in the smallest town. This could have happened in the biggest city. In this case, it happened in a smaller city. Uh, but this can happen. These sorts of things can happen anywhere. I'm reminded of the story that we brought up uh, with Eugene Seiler, a drug suspect in, I believe it was Tennessee. Very small place where he lived. And there were five cops that came to his house one day out of uniform. 
and just beat the living hell out of the guy just because they could. Well, they wanted him to confess to something. Right. And he didn't, thank goodness. But uh, just there's just story after story, and it's, it's amazing to me. In fact, I've got, I've got a, a perfect example of what happens when these people, again, uh, in any other situation, these would be regular people. These would be people who would be working at a, a Walmart or working at a, a fast food store or at an insurance company or something mm-hmm. like that and, and doing something productive and, and making customers happy. Right. These cops aren't morally superior as much as they have want us to believe that uh, all along. But, but New Orleans City Council member Cynthia Hedge Morrill is morally superior. In fact, she's better than the cops and she's better than everyone else. Here's why. How so? According to WWLTV.com, New Orleans City Council member Cynthia Hedge Morell was under fire Thursday for allegedly abusing her power by driving dangerously in a city SUV, then yelling at a state trooper who bothered to pull her over. Oh, my. Hedge Morell issued an apology for the incident, which we'll read here in moments, which happened on February 26th when a state trooper clocked the councilwoman flying down I-10 at close to 100 miles per hour. She felt like she could do anything in that state SUV, huh? Just before 9 a.m., Morrow was reportedly in a city-provided SUV and city, using the it. vehicle's blue flashing lights to help cut through traffic. Oh, no. No, they, they don't ever do that. There's no. This isn't even a cop. <laughs> this is a city councilwoman. And she's just got the lights on. They can go faster with these on. State police said when they pulled Morrell over and asked her to step out of the vehicle, she refused and guess what line she used on them? I'm a city council person. Do you, you know, know who, who I, I am? am? Yeah. Do you know who I am? Look at me. You should know me when you see me driving. You know what's funny about that is I could never, ever point out a city council member of the city we live in here. Right. I, yeah. They're just not that big of public figures. But nonetheless, uh, she told the trooper that she was on her way to an important meeting with FEMA officials. Well, well, well we'll just go. let you go then, Let's right? Let's just put everybody in danger. Uh, which, by the way, they did let her go. A similar incident involving Morell occurred. In, a similar incident involving Morell occurred in January. <laughs> <laughs> Morell was not issued a ticket, according to state police. In one report, investigators said troopers showed immense restraint with Morell since they did not arrest her. That's not. <laughs> that's not immense restraint. That's an abuse of their power. What do you mean? Well, they should have given her a ticket. Yes, they should have. Why didn't they? They'd give me a ticket. Because she's a city can council public, person. Can the city council bring uh, ramifications down on the state troopers? No, but it's still protecting their own. I guess. On Wednesday, Morrell issued the following statement regarding the most recent incident. Quote, I was rushing to a meeting with FEMA about the Holy Cross issue. I was driving beyond the speed limit. I deeply regret the incident and will try... To be a better driver in the future. At Thursday's city council meeting, Morell sat stoned face and declined interviews with the media. Why should she talk? What's she have to say? <laughs> However, she read a statement taking full responsibility for her actions. Whew, thank, goodness she di- thank goodness she didn't pass off the responsibility to the state trooper. It's his fault I was driving quickly. She says, quote, when I taught children, I always told them to step up and take responsibility when you make a mistake. <laughs> Admit what you did wrong and only use the word I, said Morell. Well, then, then, then go ahead and pay the ticket. There was no ticket. Well, then g- get a ticket. <laughs> she should face the concept. At a bus stop in her district, residents voiced disappointment and anger. 
Gentilly resident Luella Richards said she should face the consequences. That's sure what she it was. Should. She was abusing her power. What else would it be? The blue lights in the vehicle are allowed only for law enforcement, but many politicians have them in their government cars because they're often driven by police. A council member at large says, I didn't think it was appropriate to use them. I think we need to make sure as council members that we obey the law. Gee, you think? You think that if you're going to be a city council member, you might want to, you know, set a good example <laughs> Sounds for like a good else. idea to me. Uh, so one just yet another example of another person in a position of power, and it just goes straight to their heads. You are immune. You're a city councilwoman. Hit the gas, baby. Get behind the wheel. Flip on the blue lights. Weave in and out of traffic. I don't know. Hundred miles an hour. I think every... Uh, they, yell at the state troopers. They all this do this. This is awesome. They all do this, though. I mean, every... You know, it, it may not be um, they're all speeding with blue, flashing blue lights, but they all abuse their powers, and it, and it goes to their heads just about every one of them, especially yep. elected officials like these city council people where there's, you know, there's just nothing to stop them. Oh, I've got, I've got something that's even better than this story, though, about another city council with uh, serious power issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll come up to that here in a moment, but first, Glenn in Missouri. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hey, Glenn. Good evening. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, you know, now that uh, they want to restrict baking soda as a, as a key ingredient, ingredient in making crack cocaine. Mm. That's right. Jefferson City, Missouri. You got it. Yeah, I, it was in my local paper here today. Lawmaker seeks restrictions on baking soda to fight drugs. <laughs> so baking would, soda. What are you going to bake with? You wouldn't be able to purchase baking soda? No, no. They want to make a law similar to what they have for, like, Sudafed. Oh, my oh, goodness. You have to go to the pharmacy and sign up with your name and everything to buy baking soda. Pharmacy for baking soda. Is this no wait? Is this proposed or is this actually happening? Proposed. It's proposed. This is they a city. Is this a city council yet. thing? No, this is the uh, state legislature. Oh, the state of Missouri. Yes. Amazing. You yes. know what? The worst about this is, I, I sometimes I go into the pharmacy here in Keene, and there's the giant signs that about the pseudofedrin where it <laughs> says that uh, you know what I mean. They have to. Uh, yeah, you got to let people know yeah, where the, it is. Well. They have to fill out a log, and I was talking to one of the ladies behind the counter, and she said that it was just really annoying, that it was a big hassle, and that they hated doing it. So this is just another mandate on businesses. The the government is going to force businesses to keep baking soda behind the counter. Ridiculous. Why don't we just ID anybody coming into Walmart in the first place? Let's uh, let's just take a you know account on whoever buys what. I mean, they could use anything. They could make bombs out of uh, detergents. They could. Ooh, it's a scary world, isn't it? We need identification. We need. We need a cop to, to follow around every citizen. That's there you go. But then again, who watches the watchers? Well, well thanks for the call. The citizens can then snitch on the cops too. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Hey, since you brought up the meth thing, we'll touch on that as well. Coming up, free talk live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. is the place to go. All the features are totally free. That does include the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens and dozens of ladies who sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. You can go and visit them at shrine.freetalklive.com. That is Shrine. 
www.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. As we go to the phones, to the fun, more corruption, more power freaks on the way, but first to your calls. Let's go to Joseph in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Joe. Hey, guys. Um, someone called yesterday to talk about the uh, uh, majority. Do you remember that? It was a prank caller. But okay. still, the argument is often made that um, the major- like if a majority of people say or do something that is correct, Right, but and, the argument is, is is made all the time. I mean, he may have been yeah. pranking or whatever, but yeah. fine. Yeah, so an easy way to argue it um, against it would be to just dismiss it as a logical fallacy because um, uh, I think it's called the um, argument, no, the appeal to majority. Okay. And mm-hmm. um, if one person can be wrong about something, then that means uh, you know a group of people can be wrong about something. So like, uh, I see where you're coming so, from. Um, it's just it just doesn't follow that uh, majority uh, majority uh, decision creates right. Majorities mm-hmm. cannot. Majorities can absolutely be wrong on many things. Yeah, it, uh, saying um, you know something or someone believes this has nothing to do with the logical truth of, of a decision or an action. That's correct. If, if that makes sense. Yeah, you can you can find all sorts of people that believe all kinds of crazy things. And if you're in a room with uh, if you're in a room with a hundred crazy people that all believe in like colon cleansers or whatever it is that you know that it, or whatever the the product is or service, and uh, they could all be completely wrong, and you might be a one percent minority, but you could be absolutely right. Yep. All right. Well, that that was it. Thanks for the call. Appreciate and it. Even if they're right, um, those people in that room are right for themselves. That doesn't mean they're right for you. Correct. You know, just because. People vote on things. It doesn't make it right. I mean, should you know, um, we're from uh, Sarasota, Florida, you know, in Longboat Key, you have to get a permit for everything. Mm-hmm. You have to get a permit to put down carpet inside your house. You sure do. I mean, it's ridiculous. Should the, should the voting public be able to tell you what color your house is painted? Well, they sure can on Longboat Key. It. Uh, you know, and, and it's just ridiculous. What The color of my house that's right for me might be chartreuse. Mm-hmm. It's lime green for you, those of you who don't know. Um, <laughs> but the, you know, really, co- chartreuse is green. It, it, it is green. What do you think it's it was? It's not lime green though. Lime exactly. Greenish. It's sort of a yellowy lime green almost. Okay. Honestly, I didn't even know. Really? I thought maybe bluish or something. No, no, chartreuse is green. Okay. Anyway, um, my, my house might be chartreuse. Yours might be beige. There's no way for the public, but if the public were to vote on these things, I'll tell you, they're going to come up with white, off-white, beige, eggshell, bone. One of those colors is Mm -hmm. going to be the right color for every house in this community. It's insanity. It is insanity. And then what do you have? You have a bunch of houses that are the same color. Democracy stinks. I agree. Let's go to the phones and talk to Dave in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hey, Dave. Blue Squadron attack. (laughs) There are two... Squadron retreat. <laughs> hey, Chartreuse Squadron would never retreat. <laughs> Dave has been making the rounds recently on uh, various different radio shows out there. I heard you on the uh, Citizen X show recently, Dave. Well, 
Well, I think that's the only other show that I've actually called. Well, you're making uh, the rounds on uh, pro-freedom shows emanating from New Hampshire, I guess. But I'm glad that, I don't know, do they have a very big audience? Uh, Citizen X, we actually met with him earlier this week, and uh, hell of a guy. And he's actually linked to from our website. Uh, we've got a banner for him right there on the front page of the site. It's the the red one with the Statue of Liberty and the X. Um, he's doing his own radio show, and he's a big uh, big supporter of Free Talk Live. And um, you know, I've forgotten what your question was, Dave. Oh, okay. Well, actually, I had an update. <laughs> uh, well, no. Well, I, I, my question was on, on whether he uh, uh, how, how big of a an oh, audience thank you. He, has. he hasn't really been promoting it too heavy, with the exception of on like nhfree.com on our website, that sort of thing. He's he's waiting to get some uh, practice shows in before he really uh, turns on the the promotional material. Okay, cool. Well, he's got he's got you as a listener. That's that's important. He's got yeah. free talk live people talking about him a little bit. That's important too. So, what's on your mind? Well, I wanted to give you an Ed Brown update. Oh, uh, really? Good. A few, a few different things. Um, first of all, you remember Rick Stanley? Mark, you read one of his emails on the air a while back. Yeah, Rick Stanley. The uh, he's the guy that uh, took a gun and openly carried it in his home state. Was arrested for it. Uh, then threat allegedly threatened a judge. They went after him. They raided his business. We actually had him on the air. We uh, we had an interview with the guy. He's a constitutional activist. He he's the guy, Mark, that is all into the Constitution Party, right. and he hates the Libertarian Party at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, but well, uh, um, he actually. I, I, I mean, I shouldn't be laughing because I think something bad happened to him today. I just got a call in my voicemail, and they um, mm. they charged. They had charged him. You know, they tried to get a six-year sentence or something like that, and he appealed it. You know, for that threatening charge or whatever, and he just lost in court today. Apparently, the, the, the appeal was rejected. Is what happened, as I understand. Yeah, something like that. So he's appealing to the next level. He's going up to the the state supreme court, I think. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what will happen to him immediately, but I hope he's not uh, going to the, the clink immediately. Mm. Uh, anyway, that's one thing um, I just heard. But then also, uh, April 24th is supposed to be the sentencing for Ed Brown in Concord, New Hampshire. That's correct. As your up. listeners may know, Ed Brown is the guy who uh, refused to pay his federal income tax. He wants to see a law that says he has to pay a tax on his on his income. Ridiculous. He wants to uh, see a law. Yeah, that's right. And uh, um, anyway, so he's holed up in his house in Plainfield. He refused to continue going to the trial. Right. He's He's uh, not going to the sentencing. His wife is with him in his house. She's not going to the sentencing. But we are, right? The free staters, a lot of the free staters, the activists here in New Hampshire are going to be going, correct? Correct. And I'd like to invite anybody that can get to New Hampshire on April 24th to come to the sentencing uh, even even if the sentencing gets changed or something like that, we would probably at least still have a demonstration, I would assume, mm-hmm. uh, out in front of the courthouse or something. And uh, it's just, you know, the more people show up for this, uh, the more uncomfortable the authorities will feel. And Don't I you have T-shirts it. for people? Didn't he give you T-shirts or gave somebody some shirts to give out, right? Lauren Canario has been handing out T-shirts that say, Show Ed the Law, I think. Yeah. So there's actually going to be some Ed Brown supporters all looking the same, actually, at the uh, at the trial. Yeah, some of them will. You know, and, and for me, that's not my tack. I'm not interested in seeing a law. Yeah, me neither. I, I don't care I if they show I a law. If you showed me a law, I wouldn't understand it anyway. Thank it's you. It's all legally. Great point. Uh, so that's not my tack. I don't wear that shirt because that's not my question that I'm yep. asking. But, you know, Ed is asking that question, and that's the path he's chosen. He's, path, he's chosen a path of resistance, and I think almost all the paths of resistance are good against this government. Absolutely. For, I, I'm with you, Dave. You, know, you don't want to initiate violence. but. I, 
Yep, I am completely with you on this one. I don't necessarily take the same tact as Ed. I wouldn't be wearing one of those shirts because, again, that's not my question. They could pull out a law and tell me what it means, and I wouldn't care because it's just it's wrong to tax people. Um, writing it down on a piece of paper that you're going to tax people doesn't make it right. Dave, thanks for the call. Keep us updated. We appreciate it. 800-259. Yes, sir. I'm going to try to be there. 1-800-259-9231. And they, apparently they've never actually sentenced anyone that hasn't actually been in the courtroom at the time. So this is actually a pretty unusual case. That sounds strange. More on the way. Barry's on the line. Your calls as well. And one Florida city is going to seize your home if you get a parking ticket. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp. FreeTalkLive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Your show, bring up anything. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at FreeTalkLive.com. All the features are totally free. And that does include the archives. An entire year's worth of the show. Front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Just go get them. They're on us. That's freetalklive.com. April's Financial Literacy Month. Give the child in your life financial literacy. Be they son, daughter, or sibling, a kid's journey to getting rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. Give your special child a kid's journey to getting rich. Order at akidsjourney.com. That's akidsjourney.com. Or call 1-800-657-5066. That's 800-657-5066. To the phones, to the fun. It's Barry in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hey, guys. Hey, what's uh, on your mind, Barry? Uh, marriage in America, you know, a little bit of background on me. I'm middle class, uh, Asian slash Caucasian. My father was in the military. Uh, okay. Uh, got a full-time job. I did four years in the military. Um, didn't particularly enjoy it, but, I mean, it was under the Clinton era, so not much to say there. Gotcha. Uh and what I've noticed is, you know, you know, I married my high school sweetheart, and uh, yeah, sounds sounds romantic enough, and but I mean, over time, especially after getting out of the army, I noticed that that uh, times have changed, and the 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 woman that I'm married with now is not quite exactly what I think my grandfather got to grow up with, or what my father got to grow up with. You know, what the, do you mean by that? I mean, I think I think the the women's empowerment thing is a success, you know, and I don't want to sound chauvinistic. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's very good, but I feel like uh, the old, the old ways, I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound, sound so backwards and it sounds backwards to me. Well, just tell us what you're missing. Uh, I'm missing the, the man as the head of the household again. Okay. So she's Um, too independent for you is what you're saying. No, not at all. You know, she's she's the mother of my daughter, you know, and I want women to have opportunities for my daughter's sake. Um, we're pregnant with another child. And we're pregnant? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, we planned it. You know, nothing nothing too traumatic. didn't come as a surprise to me. But, I'm pretty um, sure she's the one that's pregnant, but I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I, I guess I can relate with her. Uh, but, uh, but anyways, so... My, my wife's very religious, and uh, I'm probably on the opposite end of the spectrum. Are you an atheist? Atheist? Uh, or no. just without religion? You know, that's the thing. I feel like 
I, I can't really say, you know, who's right, who's wrong. I, that's how I feel about it. Who's right, who's wrong, I guess. So what's it? Uh, how's this affecting your relationship then? Well, it's affecting my relationship because my wife is extremely religious, and mm-hmm. she, she follows the Bible. And from what I've learned from going to church, um, the old ways, the, the women were obedient and listened to their men. And well, okay, what is it that, um, I mean, what is it you want to tell her to do that she doesn't want to do for you? Well, it's not really ordering her around. It's more of the uh, the loss of respect. You know, you see TV shows out there loss like... Loss of respect? Yeah, you see TV shows out there like um, Everybody Loves Raymond, where you see his wife constantly berate and beat this poor man down. You know? Mm-hmm. He, has to, he has to swallow all the abuse given because... Well, it is maybe a Maybe because we owe the females something? Um, you know, Julia, you're sitting here absorbing all this as the uh, the lone female in the room. I mean, did you have anything on this? Did you have any questions or Well, I comments? don't really understand exactly where you're going with this, but I got to say I didn't like the statement, she's not obedient, because I got to tell you, I'm not obedient to anybody, and I guess I would make a very good wife for you. Well, it's not that I want her to be obedient at all. It's just... What do you want? I want... Uh, the amount of respect that's given to get to have gotten back to. So you don't feel respected. You you feel like you're giving her respect, but she's not giving. She's not reciprocating that respect. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, can you, you give know, an example? Hear... Of, can you give an example of how that uh, how that works? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, for instance, I may decide to do the dishes one night, mm-hmm. and I've done them, but they're done differently than the way she would have done them. Okay. And even though she washes dishes differently than I do, I don't bark at her about how I did them, how she did them wrong. You know what I mean? And I just have to take it. Well, wait a minute. Well, what'd you do wrong, though? I mean, you, you might have screwed well, it up. What I did wrong was I didn't do it the way her controlling, blockheaded lifestyle wants me to do them. I feel like this doesn't really have like the respect issue. Her not respecting you. What does that have to do with gender at all? Like it. I don't. I don't really get what that has to do with being female. Well, you know, it's not just my wife. I've, I've spoken with other women at work in my age group and my peer group, and you know, they've actually self-admitted to being control freaks, and that women are crazy these days. Well, it's I mean, not these days. There are, so you yeah. know. I mean, women are just. They have varying degrees of crazy. I mean, we're guys. We're trying to figure them out. We're trying to understand them. I think it's a little unfair to say the guys are sane. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's I was not just, that they're crazy. It's that men and women have different minds. So to men, women are crazy. Right. And to, and women, to women, men, men are, crazy. are crazy. That's where I was going to go. Is that mm. that's just how it. That's just how it. The cookie crumbles, my friend. Really? So, so the, really, the challenge is to find the challenge is to find a lady that's less crazy than the the rest of them. And that has sort of the same, <laughs> I don't know, value system and that sort of thing as you. Someone who you get along with very well. Which it sounds like you don't have the same value system. Well, no, no, no. When, when, no, actually, it's kind of unique. You know, we're really on opposite ends of the poles, and it's amazing. We are literally, you know, opposites attract. You know. Hmm. Um, it doesn't I sound like you're too attracted to her well, right now. Now, are there moments where things are really good and things are like clicking and they're working for you guys? I don't know. You know, it might be a really unhealthy relationship. We're going through marriage counseling right now, and um, I don't know if opposites really do attract. I don't yeah, know if that's a know? cliche. I think it might just be a cliche. I I think they do. I think sometimes they do, especially in the beginning, like when we were um, in high school, for instance. 
maybe that's maybe the reason why it seems that way in the beginning is because well you're so different so therefore you're so interesting to one another because you're so different then of course as you get together and time goes on you can't reconcile those differences and they become they just become uh like schisms in your relationship is she being crazy now because if she's pregnant she's i guess i mean you know they say that women get kind of crazy when they get crazy no, uh, she's only she's only like a week pregnant. Maybe Uh-oh. maybe maybe. No, that doesn't. No, whoa, whoa, that don't say oh because I mean Julia, you've never been pregnant. Um, th- th- there are women who can tell immediately when they have been impregnated, yeah, and but this the is, this chemicals. Is my first pregnancy, I tell you, the relaxation level here is so low. As far as the pregnancy goes, I mean, problems were these problems were going on way way before uh, yeah. she got pregnant, and it's things that I've noticed on and. Lucky me, I'm at least nice enough to let her push me around some. And well, I think in the kitchen you kind of have to. And, I mean, allow me to be a little sexist here. You know, <laughs> women like their kitchens. and It's true. It, and, and if you start going messing, you know, put some stuff in some different cabinets and see if whole hell doesn't break loose. Exactly. Um, you know, it's... You know, you've got to have your little room in the house. You should have your little room in the house. Yeah, um, your tool shed. So that you can do whatever you want in it, because she sure has hers. And either you don't wash the dishes for her, or you try to do it the way she wants, she wants it done. She wants you to, yeah. Or you just leave them in the, you know, wash them and then leave them in the rack so she can put them away. <laughs> Julia's glaring at uh, at Mark right now. On you the know, Mark is extremely sexist you know, I knew, comment. I knew she would be because, because of the it's kitchen men comments. talking about women and... We're not supposed to be doing that right now. We're supposed to be, you know, we've piled the lead balls on the women's side of the scales for you know, centuries. You know, I, I talk about women, right? too, so, I mean, is, it really isn't a, a big issue for me at all. But now the kitchen thing, and Mark's kind of right about the kitchen thing. We've got a roommate at the house where we live, and, uh, and if the roommate goes in there, and, and we, he's a great roommate. Uh, but if he goes in and washes one of Julia's dishes... It's grimy. You've seen right. me. I can write my name <laughs> in it. It's gross. See? Now, yeah. I would know, like to say, though, That's Julia's defense, kitchen. Don't mess right. with it. Exactly. But it's you only know, my kitchen. another point. Another point. Okay. Um, my wife considers things dirty that I don't necessarily consider dirty. Ah, yeah. see, see, that's what I tell my wife all the time. She's just got a lower dirt tolerance than I do, and yeah. that's the reason well, she I'm always ends crazy. up cleaning up. Okay, hey, I'm not the only scumbag out there that thinks my house is just fine. Barry, do <laughs> us a favor. It's a your goal was great, great personal issue. <laughs> Keep us up to date on the relationship. Let us know how things develop. Let us know the ins and the outs of uh, Barry and the wife. And uh, thank you. And call us again. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Don't get enough good personal calls. More of the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Maybe enough time for your call if you make it now. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the packet8.net toll free line and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231 Join us online, freetalklive.com All the features for free. We ask though that you voluntarily support the show by joining the AMP program. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn what it's all about. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote and in short, the concept is simple. You send us three bucks a month and we turn that money around into promoting Free Talk Live to getting the show on more radio stations around the country to getting more internet listeners around the world and the details are all at amp.freetalklive.com you'll also score some uh, some cool perks like access to the amplifier only chat room the, the where the studio cam you get the studio cam if you're just anybody but you get the chat, chat room, room with the if, studio cam right if you're an amplifier uh, also there's the amp only forum the amp only call in lines and more all the details are there for you at amp.freetalklive.com 
com. As we go to Lance in California, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Lance. Hey, what's going on, Ian? Hey, Mark. Another night hey. in paradise. Um, what's on your mind? I was wondering, in a uh, in like a free market society, if there's no death penalty at all, it seems like there would be a really bad balance of power towards the bad guys. You think there are that many bad guys put to death in uh, in America every year? I, t- I can tell you this, there aren't that many of them. Well, I watch like MSNBC sometimes, and I see these documentaries, and they have these guys in like these super maximum security like penitentiaries and stuff. Mm-hmm. And these guys are pretty bad. I mean, I remember watching one, and there was a, uh, it was like a, there was this guy, and he killed his mom, and then you know, because he was just crazy, you know, he killed sure. his mom, and then he killed another inmate while he was in prison. And he still didn't get the death penalty. And finally, he had killed the, his psychiatrist in prison. And finally, they gave him the death penalty. So people like that, if they want to use force on you, and there's nobody to enforce force really on them, how are you going to be able to stop that? I, well, I first of all, the death penalty is an issue whether or not we get to a free market paradigm. The death penalty is something that needs to be dealt with. Even in today's world, uh, it needs to be abolished for, for very simple reasons. And, Mark, you're the best at, uh, at explaining this. Well, um, I mean, the death penalty simply is, is it we're not perfect, so there's no way to you know, uh, know for sure you're killing the right guy. I mean, so many people have been let off. Like I think 120 people have been let off death row since 1972. So well, I completely agree. Sure, sure. The system now. But is, now, is l- let me like go on just a little bit. Now, with your guy um, th- that you're talking about there, the supermax guy, um, you know, killed three people with his bare hands, ripped out their throats with his teeth. That guy, that kind of terrible dude. I don't see any reason why he's coming in contact with a prison psychologist. I mean, he should be in a cell someplace with the door locked. I don't know what Ian's free market solution is. My solution is we just shouldn't have the death penalty because we do things wrong. Um, but I don't think that we shouldn't have death row or something like it um, to keep these guys in. I mean, in death row, they get 23 hours a day. They're locked down. They get one hour of exercise in a... Uh, essentially a large exercise pen outside, and they walk around in a circle, um, you know, that guy wouldn't be doing much from inside of a death row cell. Well, okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you that point. Like, I wouldn't be, you know, a guy like that if he's locked up 24 hours a day. But it's, there's still, like, the safety issue where, you know, you, you've seen The Godfather, right? Um, and then there's, there's Don, Don Corleone. And he, I don't like, think I have. Would, oh, well, in the, in, the, in the movie, in the story, and how it goes is, uh, the new mob boss, instead of like pushing drugs on people or anything like that, he he's like, "You're going to buy my my olive oil, or I'm going to kill you." Basically, and he does this to all the shop members. Mm-hmm. But he never just comes out and says he's going to kill you. I mean, it's just insinuated. Mm. So how would somebody like a regular person like myself be able to defend myself against something like that if there isn't even that option on the table? If I don't know. How do like, you how do you defend it against it with the local government? I don't know. That's why I don't really like this uh, the government too much, especially living out here in San Francisco. I mean, I hate them. I think that uh, the best thing that you could hope in that uh, circumstance is to put together, um, if if you didn't, I, you know, you're asking me free market solutions. I would say you call the cops. That's what I would, I would say do. that uh, in the case of the the marketplace, if you've got a gang going around threatening people, then you just simply when they come to they come to get you, you get them first. I mean, eventually uh, that's just not going to pay off for somebody going around and threatening violence on people is going to end up resulting in somebody uh, getting knocked out, and you know it could very well be them and their henchmen. 
Uh, it's it's not very likely in that particular scenario that uh, that anything would would come of this. I mean, if the shopkeepers just bowed down and paid the protection money, then obviously the people wouldn't come with the guns. But if the people ever did come with the guns, you'd be fully within your rights to shoot those guys. And you and the other shopkeeper should do the same thing. Yeah, I'll definitely. Yeah, I'll agree with that. And that's that's yeah. why they say an armed society is a polite society. I mean, then again, oh, yeah, I completely agree. Right. I completely so, agree. so do you think that the uh, the gang that you're talking about, this theoretical gang, would be more likely to operate in a free state where every shop, uh, you know, every other shop, shopkeeper's got a shotgun beneath the counter, or are they more likely to operate in a place like Washington D.C. Where no one has weapons. Yeah, I could see it, but sometimes I think of it like it would, it would turn into like that the time machine movie where you know the guy he goes into the super future and then there's just <laughs> the Morlocks in the bottom and they'll just be like these. Well, people you know what? I'd, I'd rather take my chances on that. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I I I'm not concerned with it in the least. What we know today is that we do have a gang going around extracting money from people on on a coercive basis and they call themselves government. So, there is a gang today. Uh, you know, if there are competing gangs in the future, I'd rather have competition that way they're killing each other. Uh, and I'm not really too concerned that that'll be a problem well, personally. I don't know that I'm not looking for a uh, free market society. That's not where I'm I'm right. headed. You like your gang just uh, fine. You want them just to cut down their size a bit. Yeah, I want a much smaller gang. Um uh, as far as local government and you know national government uh, also a very small national government. But um you know I think that uh, people should be able to carry uh, weapons. I don't I don't see any reason why a person should have to have a uh, concealed weapon permit. I don't see any reason at all. Look, if yep. I've got a gun on me, I might have a gun on me. You just need to think that that's the case. I find it strange that, um, I guess maybe it's not so strange, but people seem to have this, everyone wants to prevent everyone from dying. It's like this goal to make sure that nobody ever dies, <laughs> but people die naturally, and it's your responsibility to prevent yourself from dying if you don't want to die. Like by arming yourself exactly. in the event that some gang is running through the streets threatening business owners. I mean, can you think about the atmosphere uh, that that would create if a, if a gang in a free market situation were to start, uh, were to form? Remember, this gang would not be the government, so they wouldn't have the ability to print money or do anything like that. They'd actually have to finance themselves somehow. Um, remember, there wouldn't be in a free market society also, these are important points to point out, there would not be a war on drugs, so drugs would be in the legitimate market. The gang could not traffic in drugs. The gang could not traffic in prostitution. Prostitution would also be illegal. The gang could not traffic in gambling. Gambling would also be illegal. So nothing would be prohibited. So I don't know how it is the gang would fund itself, but let's pres- you know, presuming somebody had a lot of money and extortion. they just wanted to, and they wanted to, well, extortion would be it. In which case, in a free market paradigm, the people who are in this area, that this fantasy area, would have freed themselves from the former gang known as government, done it on a nonviolent fashion, and would understand that their protection is up to them and the protection agencies that they've hired. And uh, they either defend themselves personally or they call in their protection agency and, and tell them, hey, I'm being threatened by these guys. And here they are. Here's their description. Here's what they're doing. The protection agency investigates them. The, the gangs wouldn't have a chance in that particular society. They really wouldn't. Let's continue uh, with Niall in Utah on the Amplifier line. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Niall. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, sir. What's on your hey, mind? Uh, quick question for you, uh, Julia. Yes. Uh, is your refrigerator running? Oh my yeah. God. I don't even know how to answer that. Just say yes or no. Yes. 
thank goodness the socialists haven't completely taken over yet. Great call. Uh, uh, Is that it? Are you done? I don't understand. Yep, waka, waka, waka. What does <laughs> Thanks a for the refrigerator <laughs> running have to do with socialists? What? I don't okay. know. It was, he called up, and uh, when I answered the phone, he said he was going to do a crank call. And I said, you know, you, that's not how you do a crank. You don't, you don't tell us you in gotta advance. you got to have an alias. Yeah, you got to not, not use your real Utah. name. And you don't call the amplifier line. Well, um, it was as funny or funnier. Than the other cranks. Than, than the yeah, other cranks. Yeah, that was so. definitely funnier than the other cranks. That's true. Uh, oh, I promised a story. Uh, we, we'll get to the meth story later. But the City Council of Brooksville, Florida, voted this week to advance a proposal granting city officials the authority to place liens and foreclose on the homes of motorists accused of failing to pay a single $5 parking ticket. Non-homeowners face having their vehicles seized Crazy. if accused of not paying their parking of three parking offenses. According to the proposed ordinance, vehicle owner must pay the parking fine within 72 hours if a meter main claims his automobile was improperly parked, incurring tickets between five and two hundred fifty dollars. Failure to pay the amount results in the assessment of a 50% late fee. After seven days, the city will place a lien on the car owner's home for the amount of the ticket plus late fees, attorney's fees, and an extra $15 fine. The lien quickly turns a $5 ticket into a debt worth several hundred dollars, growing at a 1% per month interest rate. The ordinance does not require the city to provide notice to the homeowner at any point, so the lien goes on your house quietly. And then after 90 days, they get to foreclose. That's nuts. It's Vinny in here with you. And Julia. And Mark. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime. Freetalklive.com. DVD. Books. Music. Instruments. Periodicals. Computers. Software. Electronics. Photo. Cell phone. Office product. Home and garden. Bed and bath. Furniture. Kitchen. Pet supplies. Automotive. Hardware. Apparel. Shoes. Jewelry. Grocery. Healthcare. Sports and outdoors. Toys. Games. Used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.